to Three Beers In, a craft podcast with beer news and reviews. Here's your host, Dominic Ribello. Got that quarantine energy going. Here we go. Episode 161, Season 3, Three Beers In. And this week we're doing Thin Man Brewery Pills Mafia. All right, it's a Pilsner coming in at 4.9% ABV. I really love the can they got going on here because it's, uh, if you know anything about the NFL and the uh, Buffalo Bills, it's got it's got the blue, the red, people going through tables. Got a buffalo on there. Basically, it's from Buffalo, New York, and uh, independent, independent, excuse me. 4.9. 4.9 is good because that's right in that Pilsner wheelhouse that we like. Right? Uh, so, pretty excited to do this one. Episode 161, we're still here, regardless of whatever the orders from the government are. Don't tread on me over here with my beer. I know everyone's stacked up. I know everyone's in their stashes right now. And uh, we are going to get through this together. I know that these are trying times. I hope everyone is doing well. I hope everyone is not too freaked out. And I hope if you're hunkering down at home, non-essential worker status, uh, you're having delicious craft beer in moderation. We don't need to be having too many every day. You know, we are home, which means that we have access to it. But we need to just take it easy one day at a time. Wait, maybe every two days, three days. I don't know. I'm not here to try to uh, dictate how you do your drinking. You do it the way you want to do it, especially right now, because these are trying times. And uh, it's pretty fucking nuts out there. Anyway, here we go. Last week, I was talking about Hooters Air, and I, I thought uh, to tell you all to look up how long they were in operation. Why don't I just tell you? They were in operation for three years, right? And they flew all over the United States. It was really fantastic. There's a nice video online right now. It had, I think, four million views at the time that I read this article about it. So if you just type in the rise and fall of Hooters Air, you will get um, you will get the story, the full story, and it's pretty interesting. Uh, so I, I noticed on the last broadcast or podcast that there's this uh, noise in the background at sometimes. So people in the house, when they turn on the hot water, the hot water heater down here makes a, a, a weird screeching whistle noise. So that is what you're hearing. And I'm really, really sorry about that. But nonetheless, <laughs> I said it for the first time. I say nonetheless so many times. I'm going to try to knock it down a little bit, right? I got to try to figure out another segue word or like verbiage. But here we go. Maybe I'll say that. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said before, first week of the full shutdown. And what is happening to me? I'm an essential worker, though I don't work at the bedside anymore. I'm working behind the scenes at the hospitals. Uh, I still have to go in. I'm still deemed essential. But for me, it's been pretty good because it's like a private ride uh, to my job every day. There is no one on the street. There is no one on the express bus going in. And it is so eerie to see just emptiness as I go in there. I mean, really and truly, I am all alone. I sit where I want. I'm the, I get picked up and my first stop is my stop, going and coming. It's really so bizarre and a bit, a bit uh, great at the same time. Like the word I'm trying to say here is a, it's a bit delightful. That's the word I'm trying to say. It's like I have a little bit of a gift that's been just put on my lap here. 
where I'm not uh, freaking out uh, on my commute trying to uh, rush and stuff because I'm just so close. But anyway, as I'm going around here, you could just feel the tension in the air. Like the way people who are out and have to be out and have to move around, the way they operate and the way they're moving around, you could feel it. You, It's almost as if you're uh, venturing out into radiation, almost like a nuclear winter is there. Like Everyone knows it's in the air. Everyone knows that this thing is out there and... And it will come after you just because there you are. And like that is translating to people that you do run into. Well, not necessarily run into because you do have to keep a distance. But I mean, nothing's functioning really. There's nothing open. Everything's shackled up. You know, it's got the gates on the doors. And, um... Yeah, for just us essential workers that are going out there, it's actually not that bad because I feel like I'm in less danger right now because I'm not near anybody. There's nobody around. I go past the bus driver, but that's about it. So it's really not that terrible. I mean, that sounds quite selfish, but for a guy that's got to go in, you know, not that bad for me. You got to take the silver lining uh, wherever you can get them. But you do feel that tension. Uh, you do feel this this just eerie feeling that's going on right now. There's no planes in the sky. Like I looked up the other day, I saw one plane. And other than that, I mean, there was nothing like way high above, like doing anything like international, it seemed, or through the continental U.S. It just, everything is just slowed, slowed down, has slowed down to just this grinding halt. And... uh for me, there's no quarantine. For me, I'm out and about every day. I'm still doing my my work week. Uh, so I don't know what it's like to be cooped up inside, having to do TikTok videos and making your children do uh, combine-like activities. But, hey, you know, life goes on. We have to just keep doing what we do. And uh, we'll get through this because it, it's it, there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel and everything's going to be okay. So, um, because I'm doing a Pilsner this week, and it's very rare we get to do a craft Pilsner. Have a sip here. Actually, on the um, on the uh, Mount Rushmore from season two, which should have carried over to season three, and it might was the Five Borough Pilsner, which is one of the best um, craft Pilsners I've ever had. It still stands there, and uh, we're gonna see if this one can overtake it. Who knows? Maybe it can. Maybe it can. For Hop of the Week, though, this week, uh, where I'm going to read an article on Pilsners. Because, like I said, um, uh, craft Pilsners are not usually that fantastic. And uh, what are you going to do? But I do know that a lot of home brewers uh, listen to this podcast. And uh, this is an article from a home brewing uh, section of allaboutbeer.com. Uh, that is all about brewing Pilsners. And I think it's going to give everyone a little bit of an idea of what goes into brewing a Pilsner and the different kinds of Pilsners that there are. And um, it's written by uh, Ken Florian Klemp. And this is from 2016. Brewing Pilsner. Can I zoom in a little bit here? Excuse me one second. I got to see if I could. Nope, nope. That's not going to do it. It's a little. Let me bring the laptop closer. Hold on. Sorry here, guys. One man show. 
All right. Let's try this here. Making Pilsner involves the finesse of pale beer brewing and diligence of bottom fermentation, two of the thorniest tests of home brewing. However, Pilsner, or Pils, is by no means off limits to any brewer. Three of the most common styles of Pilsner are Bohemian, German, and the classic American Pilsner, also known as CAP. All are quite different and can be made authentically if brewed all grain. The European Pilsners are uh, at their finest as single malt, single hop, smash beers, as, uh, as that is referred to. While the CAP requires a more elaborate approach, they are also well within the capabilities of extract, uh, excuse me, extract and partial mass, uh, mash brewers. Attentive fermentation is critical to any brew, especially with beers reliant on subtlety and nuance. Listed below are what I consider, the writer, uh, the absolute tenets of glitch-free bottom fermentation. Number one, ensure that the fermentation conditions, 48 to 55 degrees, can be met and stay well within the temperature boundaries of the yeast. You have to chill, number two, chill the wort to primary fermentation temperature before pitching the yeast. That's usually with most beers. Three, maintain good wort aeration to get uh, out the gate strongly. Again, that's another thing that most home brewing needs to do. Number four, prepare a yeast starter about twice as large for that of top fermented beers and optimally refresh the starter, uh, that starter on brew day. A lot of people stay away from uh, yeast starters, but if you want to pay that extra eight bucks, it's like eight ninety five to get one. You go ahead and do it. Number five, uh, perform a decettle or deacetyl. I, I never get the pronunci- uh, pronunciations right. Perform a decettle rest um, for near the end of primary fermentation. Uh, lager for a minimum of six to eight weeks, starting at 50 degrees Fahrenheit and dropping gradually over uh, the, the next few days uh, to near freezing. A lot of people cold crash anyway, so it shouldn't be hard for the people that do that. Uh, if bottling, prime with uh, fresh yeast to ensure thorough conditioning. So it's a lot of extra steps in terms of just really filtering out the bad stuff that's going on. So the Bohemian Pilsner is the most famous beer of this style, uh, which includes Pilsner Urkel, uh, the recipe of Moravian malt, Zatek hops, Bavarian yeast, and ultra-soft artisan water. Uh, Moravian Hanna barley is the ancestor to nearly all modern malting barley. Uh, Weiermann floor malted Bohemian Hanka malt is the best descendant available to homebrewers. If it is not sold at your homebrew shop, use German or Belgian Pilsner malt, augmented with 10% Munich malt or 5% Carapils. These are all names that you guys are probably familiar with. And again, I'm just reading this to get you guys familiar with these names because when you have these flavors attached to these names, it's just going to make it that much easier for you uh, as you go along. Uh, Saj hops, indigenous to northwest Bohemia near Zatek, 50 miles from Pilsen, uh, are the only choice for that distinctive floral, bona fide Pilsner bouquet. Uh, Pilsen water is very soft, a condition essential to the style for both home and professional brewers. Soft water tempers the bitterness, but enhances the aromatics and slightly uh, sweet maltiness. Plain, excuse me, 
plain softened tap water is nice if you can produce it. Uh, but in lieu of that, distilled or reverse osmosis water combined with your house water will suffice. This gentleman uses one gallon of very hard well water to two gallons of distilled water. Uh, German Pilsners, which are my personal favorite, uh, tend to be crispier uh, with more assertive hop profile than the Bohemian due to the harder water and the drier, uh, the driest, na- uh, dry-ish nature. They are simple everyday lager beers uh, with a subtle grainy malt backbone with a firm thread of hop running throughout. Uh, those from Bavaria would be marginally maltier. German Pilsner malt should be carried uh, by every homebrew shop. It produces pure gold wort, uh, lighter both in color and body than produced uh, by the brassy gold richer Bohemian malt. Your regular uh, brewing water will suffice for this style. Choose aromatic spicy hops such as Hallertal, uh, Hallertal uh, Mittelfru, uh, Tettenang, Spalt, and Herzbrucker. Pearl is also a good option, especially for bittering and flavor, and it also has an earthy character to it. And now they have here the classic American Pilsner, also referred as a pre-prohibition Pilsner. CAP is a fairly substantial brew and offers the chance, uh, the best chance to experiment among the three types of pills. So this is usually where it goes wrong for me. There's a lot of people that like this type of, you know, beer. But um, again, for me, this is where it goes haywire and the flavors are just not enjoyable for me. Originators of the style made do with American-grown six-row barley instead of two-row, uh, which was not as common in the States. Barley was scarce in America at the time, and thus the gist uh, was supplemented, the grist, excuse me, was supplemented with adjunct grain, usually corn. Corn also offset the big body and hazy nature of the protein malts, of the proteins in the malt. Six row malt uh, as well, six row malt was well endowed with enzymes, making it a potent converter uh, of adjunct. Uh, Flaked corn can be mashed as is, but corn grits need to be cooked before mashing. Cooked rice, rice syrup, flaked rice, rice syrup solids can be used for a lighter flavored CAP. Cluster hops were grown extensively in the 19th century in the United States and make a true CAP, but are rough in comparison to the German Bohemian uh, cultivator such as Tettenang Hallertauer Sage. But there are American hops with European pedigree like Crystal, Liberty, and Mount Hood that will give you an addition. That will give you, what does it say? Hop with the three additions will give you 35 to 40 uh, IBUs. So, uh, sorry I trailed off there uh, pretty badly. But nonetheless, there I go again. Nonetheless, that's my thing. Uh, It shows you just a little bit of what's going on. So, the German Pilsner's are explained as such, you know, they're a little bit more hop forward, uh, a little bit less on the sweetness on the, uh, on the backbone with the, the malt and the, and the Bohemian Pilsner, like Pilsner Raquel, which is a very tasty drinkable beer that you can run out and get right now. It's definitely in the corner store. Uh, and it is uh, fantastic. And it's kind of where the pills name came from. Well, I just wanted to give everyone a little bit of a background of it. And that could be a little bit of an explanation as to why, uh, we have yet to, I mean, it's very rare that you find a American Pilsner, craft Pilsner, that's uh, that's worth your time. Because to me, sometimes they're just so, 
Sometimes they're downright disgusting. Uh, you know, to each his own. Everyone has a different palate, but that's just the way I look at it. Not too crazy of a news week, ladies and gentlemen. Because things have slowed down quite a bit. Again, a lot of breweries are not operating at full capacity. So that's something to pay attention to. But here in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, they were having a craft beer festival, and it will still go on, apparently. It says here, virtually, it will go on. This week, there uh, should have been hundreds of people at local breweries eating, drinking, and being merry. But since restrictions from the coronavirus kept uh, keep pouring in, people aren't allowed to gather. So the CFCBA is taking their craft beer week to social media. And on Saturday which was yesterday, from 2 to 6. Anybody involved posting pictures of themselves in a cold one with a hashtag to it, you'll be a part of that uh, festival. They were a part of that festival. Uh, The tickets, quote-unquote, were offered in different dollar amounts and acted as donations to the local workers who have lost their jobs. A lot of the serving, excuse me, a lot of the serving personnel no longer have a job, said Rob Robinson. That's an interesting name. Founder of Waterline Brewing Company. Uh, if you can't come in and eat and drink and listen to the music and have a good time, then business really drops off. We felt it really strong and need to help some of these folks out who a lot of the time live paycheck to paycheck. So they basically left it open. And it says here that the guy was operating at a financial loss. But nonetheless, there I go again with nonetheless. I got to stop. I'm going to drive myself crazy. But here we go. This guy here kept it open, kept the, the, the craft beer week open to people, and the proceeds were being donated to the employees and people without a job. Another another one here, this is from the El Paso Times out in Texas. Local brewery brews special beer, donating 100% of its sales to the employees. I think this is fantastic. This is from Aaron Bedoya. And here's the... Uh, The brewery here is going out of its way to ensure its employees have cash in their pockets during the El Paso stay-at-home and work-safe order. Aurelia's Bottle Shop and Brew House will brew a special beer with 100% of the proceeds going to the employees. Excellent. Jason Gibson, co-owner of the Brew House. Oh, let me finish this. Co-owner of the Brew House uh, said he had to lay off 10 employees. Unfortunately, when the uh, statewide order went out for people to stay home, that's really sad when that happens, you know, when you hear about people getting laid off. Now he has nine people there and he's working really hard to keep the payroll. But he is saying that, oh, hang on a second. Gibson said the donation will include employees laid off and is expecting to produce 140 to 160 bottles. The brewery mentioned on Facebook that it will be their largest beer ever brewed to date with a whopping 15.3% ABV. That is fucking huge. The Imperial Stout, dubbed We're All In This Together, will be aged on Madagascar vanilla and... I can't read that. Some sort of cinnamon. And that's, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Killsborough had aged one of their stouts on those same vanillas, like the Madagascar vanillas. Uh, so anyway, the, it plans to be bottle have a bottle release on April 7th. That is going to be really fantastic. I think that's great. Whenever people can come together and make something like this happen, 
I think that's really good. Uh, other half brewery, uh, other half brewing creates global beer co- uh, collaboration to support the hospitality industry. Over forty breweries have already pledged to brew altogether IPA to raise money during the COVID nineteen crisis, and I think that's really cool too. Now I'm going to read on and see if they're all the same beer. Now, can you imagine that breweries across the collective brewing the same beer for the same purpose? That's pretty interesting. In 2018, when the Camp Fire wildfires devastated Northern California, one of uh, America's largest independent brewers, Sierra Nevada, devised them. Oh, yeah, they did do this. Now, I remember the Resilience IPA. Oh, wow, great. Devised a plan to let breweries across the country and around the world raise money for a cause on their own terms. Resilience IPA was a beer that any brewery could produce. Sierra Nevada made the recipe public, and in return, all they asked was that the proceeds go to the impact those impacted by the wildfires. Well over a thousand breweries participated, and now, as the world battles COVID nineteen outbreak, one of America's most acclaimed breweries, New York's other half, is borrowing, uh, borrowing the concept and asking brewers from around the globe to help them raise money to support the hospitality industry at a time where beer sales are plummeting as restaurant bars and top rooms have been forced to shut. Altogether, will be a global beer collaboration with individual breweries offering, offering their own take, okay, on a single recipe to their local communities. Raising awareness, excuse me, a pop-up just came here, raising awareness about the devastating losses in the hospitality industry is the core vision of this project, said Other Half co-founder Matt Monahan. By the way, this is from foodandwine.com. We want to keep those uh, we want to keep these losses at the forefront of the conversations so that anyone who wants to help can learn what is happening and find a way to contribute in the recovery. As Other Half explains in its announcement, hashtag AltogetherBeer invites any brewer from any corner of the planet to participate by providing the tools needed to make the beer at the lowest possible cost, including an open source recipe, artwork, and name. In exchange, the collective asks that a portion of the proceeds go to supporting hospitality professionals in each brewery's own community. The rest should be donated to keeping the brewery in business to weather this storm. Specifically, other half has pledged its proceeds to the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation. The list of breweries, now this is important, the list of breweries launching their effort, this effort, excuse me, the, the, lo, the list of breweries launching this effort is particularly a who's who of heritage global craft beer producers. Domestically, it features Side Project, Monkish, Trillium, Alvarado Street, Arizona Wilderness, Outer Range, The Vale, Humble Sea, Finback, Three Sheeps, Sigma, Southern Grist, Burial, Microphone. Pilot Project, Modest, Homes, KCBC, Industrial Arts, Fifth Hammer, Hidden Springs, Green Cheek, Bottle Logic, Parish, Vitamin C, Ska, Equilibrium, Carton Atlantic, American Solara, Civil Society, Anchorage, Hoof Hearted, that's a great name, Hoof Hearted, Barrier, Sand City, and Dancing No. Internationally, the list uh, includes Omnipolo, Crack, Northern Monk, Garage Project from New Zealand, Wylam, Lervig, uh, Stavanger, can't read that one, uh, Bellwoods, Whiplash, Boundary, and Collective Arts. 
As for the beer itself, other half is known for its elaborate recipe with hand-picked hops and other high-quality ingredients. But in this case, the brewery opted uh, for a base recipe that can be easily brewed with commonly sourced ingredients, leaving brewers to make altogether either a New England-style IPA or a West Coast IPA as they see fit. Label artwork and other graphics will be downloaded for free. Uh, other half says it hopes the beers will be uh, available as soon as um, next month, which is April. I think this is really fantastic. Again, the craft beer community. I think I have an overflow here. This beer is such a fucking bitch to fucking pour. I can't wait to review it. Um, so, yeah, this is really great. And home brewers out there can go and find out the ingredients and, and do it themselves as well. And, and I think that's really fantastic. Really, really great to see the community come together. Um, I got another one here. Here, Arche- uh, This is uh, some beer news that's off the COVID-19. Archaeologists in Leeds unearthed 600 lead-spiked 19th century beer bottles. Uh, the liquid inside is uh, 3% ABV and contains 0.3 milligram- 0.13 milligrams of lead per liter. That can't be too good, right? Let me, let's scroll along here. Uh... They drank plentiful and strong, but it was strike, uh, uh, spiked with quite a bit of lead. 600 bottles of the century-old beer. I can't believe that. That's kind of sucked that that there's more. There, like, you're drinking this booze. It's probably not fucking you up, and you're just getting sh- just smacked with lead. The beer would have been detrimental to drinkers' health. Oh, no, really? Though the source of the metal isn't known, the researchers suspect it entered the brew by leaching out on the lead-based pipes, which weren't uh, phased out of use until about a century later. Man, that's got to really suck. So when they were like, you know, pulling the beer out of the, excuse me, out of the, um, oh, it's a fairly mild English session ale. Oh, look at that. So you're getting these beers pulled up out of the, uh, out of the, the kegs that are underground because it keeps it cold and you're just getting nothing but lead right into your, your gullet. That's got to be good. All right, so we got two more articles here. This one I'm going to just do because this one is COVID-19 again. Uh, Beer and Pandemics 101, support your local brewery. I mean, this goes without saying, but there's a whole article here written on it, and I don't even really have to read this. I mean, whatever your local brewery is doing, I know that Flagship is doing deliveries. I know that uh, deliveries. I know Killsborough is involved with it too. Get, Get out there and get it, man. Like, you know, make an order. You don't have to buy up the place. You know, you don't have to buy up too much. Look at this shit. Something's up with this beer. going to tell you right now, I, I don't like giving away the beer review before I actually do it. This one sucked. And I've been trying to pour it now for like five minutes. It ain't working out. Um, again, people, uh, there was always this talk about the craft beer bubble, you know, and the craft beer industry. I hope that this this COVID-19 situation is not something that is going to make that bubble pop, so to speak, because that's going to really um, hurt, you know, especially people like me that really love craft beer and stuff. Oh, God. It's like impossible to pour this one. Okay, there we go. Finally. So this next one here, this is out of the Colorado Sun. It's called Hop Terpenes. Terpenes. I'm going to say Terpenes are redefining brewing. And Colorado is one of the only places to taste the revolution. 
Tellurud uh, Brewing, in collaboration with Oast House Oils in Lafayette, is experimenting with hop turpenes, turpenes, turpenes that add an aromatic pop to the beer. Aroma gushes from the beer can, pop of citrus, the dankness of pine, and even a hint of pineapple. This is from ColoradoSun.com. John Frank writes, The bouquet-packed Tellerud Brewing's rotating Colorado-style IPA series showcase how hops, those leafy cone depicted in so many breweries' logos, can add an aromatic punch to a beer. We know that already, Frank. Is that your name again? John Frank? John, we know that. But the beer is also... But the beer also represents what brewmasters Chris Fish calls a potential revolution in brewing. Do go on, Mr. Fish. The innovation comes in as... That's hard to... The innovation comes in how the Azeka hops are added to the beer, called galloping juice. Instead of the typical additions of cones or pellets at the end of the process, uh, Tellerud is just adding hop terpenes. Terpenes are aromatic and flavor compounds found in all plants, and when extracted from hops and put into a liquid form, they contribute a huge burst of taste to the beer. Tellerouge is one of the first breweries using them to replace traditional dry hopping. Okay, so they're just they're not dry hopping; they're just popping these oils in there. Okay, the new approach is a part of a broader experimentation by the brewing industry with hops. One of the four basic ingredients in beer, okay, the Star of IPAs, which is the top-selling craft beer style in America. I know that. Other Colorado brewers like Odd 13 Brewing in Lafayette have tested lupulin powder and cryo hops, which are frozen with liquid nitrogen. Oh, I've talked about this already. I've, I've said this to people that they were adding, like, hop dust and all that stuff. Adding flavor to the beer. For some traditional brewers, we do feel we are cheating the system using some of these products, says Nicole Ryman of Odd 13. But she adds the end product is just as high quality. No more bitterness. Hops are all about flavor and aroma now. I don't know about that. Okay, this is the next part. Everything was cool until we got to this part of the article. All the new hop forms share the same goal. Emphasize the fruit-forward aroma. Aromas and flavors without the bitterness that once came to define IPAs. This is what led Tellerud Brewing to toward terrapins, terrapins for aroma. I'm really fucking this one up. All right, look, I get what they're saying. If they're if they're able to make juice bombs without any bitterness, I mean, aren't you making a glorified seltzer there, Bal? We are just getting started with these things, Fish said. There's the noise. I don't know if you could hear it. Okay, these are some of the most flavorful, juicy beers we've ever gotten our hands on. Ooh, now I'm kind of interested. Kind of interested, but it's going to feel dirty. The ter- the terpenes are produced at Oast House Oils in Lafayette. I don't care where they're made. We approach the project. Hops are abused. Oh, Jesus, I didn't know this was happening. Hops are abused, especially by craft brewers, says this guy who's a scientist. It seems like the answer to craft beer is to always use more hops. And maybe that's not the answer. Maybe the answer is we should use them more efficiently. All right. I'm listening. A Willy Wonka conversion to produce the hop turpenins. All right. Then they're talking about this this extractor. It goes on. It's a lot of technical stuff. This has been a game changer for us. Hmm. I'm not going to lie. I'm interested. I'm interested because I've said it here many times before. I am I am after that hop, bo- that juice bomb. <clears throat> but I do love 
that old style IPA where it's just bitter and bare and practically t- terrible. <laughs> to use lack of a better term here, you know what I mean? Something that just really hits you hard and 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 that um that you might not actually enjoy but you say that you do. No, there's no there's no shame in that. There really isn't. Let's get on to the beer review, huh? All right, so here we have it. Let me shut this here real quick can I, so I can see better. Thin Man Brewery. They're they're located out of Buffalo, New York. Uh, I looked them up real quick, and it looked like they were like a new type of brewery. I think they opened in 2016. And it looked like one of those breweries that was more focused on the the food and the menu. It looked like they were really just trying to open up a bistro type situation. Uh, but let me let me I'm not that, that had nothing to do with uh, the rating I gave it here. Okay. Um, I will give every brewery a chance, a fair shake, and a thorough review. So we poured out this here, uh, Pills Mafia, which I really loved what they were doing here with the play on the Bills Mafia, which uh, if you're not a football fan or a big NFL fan, if you don't go outside of the purview of your own football team, the Buffalo Bills fans are uh, batshit crazy. During the games, they slam each other through um, plastic tables, other types of t- They light them on fire and then jump through them. They smash right through them like it's a wrestling match. They'll jump off the top of school buses. It's quite intense. So I thought that was really interesting and really cool uh, that there was that play on the Bills Mafia. Uh, actually, let me. I should open this up because I want to. Re- oh, excuse me. I do want to read uh, the transcription of the of the beer, but it looks like my laptop has completely failed itself. So, uh, it, it had like a, it didn't have really a description of the beer, but it did say that this beer was made in conjunction with a charity. So I do want to bring that up. I do want to open up my phone because the, like I said, the, um, the laptop just failed. That's great. So look, when I, when I, when I found this beer, I was hopeful because it was a 4.9%. And when you could find a beer that is in that ballpark, uh, it's usually going to fall within the confines of uh, what you would want in a Pilsner. And this is what they wrote in their notes here. This crisp, clean German Pilsner is for all of the upcoming fall pre-gaming sessions outside of the New Era field, on the couch, screaming at the TV with your face painted red and blue, spilling on your jersey as your ass hits the folding table and of course enjoying with your friends and family supporting your hometown uh, all of the wonderful things that we love about our hometown in a camp we had the pleasure of chatting with some of the key members of our beloved buffalo football fan base uh, to include their likeness in the can design a portion of the proceeds will benefit superfan pancho billas or bias because i know it's pancho villa uh, foundation, including fans against child abuse, fans against violence, NFL and MLB go gold for kids cancer and his personal cancer relief fund. And of course we had to include Tristian Lambright's best known for his performance at the Saint game, uh, last season. Oh, so there's a football player on here or is that a guy just running naked? It could be a streaker either way. Pills mafia. 
poured this bad boy out. It was hard to pour. I mean, we had uh, four fingers ahead. It would not go away at all. It just sat at the top there. Had some nice carbonation going, uh, but the head just sat at the top. I couldn't get the full tall boy can out. Um, usually it dissipates a little bit and you can kind of sneak everything in there. Uh, has a hazy, hazy, hazy yellow straw color to it. Uh, you you really can't see through this beer at all when you kind of hold it up. Um, clumps of the head of the beer stick to the glass. There's not, it's not really lacing. It just really didn't have a great look to it going in. But again, I gave it every chance I could. Then we got to the smell. It was our herbal hop aroma, uh, slightly dank upon the first sniff. Uh, it had like a fruity, sweet aroma to it. And it still holds true. It's like a gummy fruit smell. It's a little odd. Um, I smelt a hint of like clove, almost like there was a Belgian twist going on, which again was not promising, but it, I gave it every chance I could. Uh, there was some grassy notes and it still holds there. There are grassy notes to it. Again, there's like a Belgian coriander smell, like a witta going on. Which is just so strange because the nose is not making any sense. Let me go to the taste. Yeah. Just as odd as the nose here. I'm, I'm looking for the qualities that would make this a Pilsner. The nose does not follow the taste. The taste doesn't follow the nose at all. Like up front just not so pleasant citrusy sweetness like a cheap hard candy um and then the beer just becomes so dry so usually with craft pilsners there's there's some characteristics in the box you could check off that hit what you want when it comes to a pills and this just doesn't have it I mean, this dryness that I get on the turn of this beer and at the end of it is mind-boggling to me. Let me go for it again. Mm. I actually, it's almost as if when Brute IPAs first hit the scene, and I know you guys were, were along for that ride, and they were talking about that bone-dry finish, this is what I expected. This type of finish is what I expected. This beer really presents like maybe they were trying to achieve a brewed IPA. Nothing pills. This is possibly, though, a Keller beer, you know, which is like, uh, which is supposed to be along the lines of like an unfiltered Helles lager, but it just isn't happening here in the slightest. And then I'm trying to trying to really narrow down what the fuck is happening here because like I'm supposed to be drinking a pilsner, a German style pilsner akin to Bitburger or Vorsteiner or, or or any of those fucking heavy hitters, Hofbrau, and it's not happening. So then I said to myself, maybe I'm actually having like a Berliner Weiss, like, like without that sharp sharp sourness. I could be having either either a Berliner Weiss or a Keller beer, but they're advertising it as a Pilsner. So, other than that, there's really nothing. Again, yeah, it's it's got a garbage taste to it. I really hate the fact that I have to do this, but this beer gets a 
You know what? I'm not even going to give it that. It gets a 1.5. This might be the worst beer I've ever like marked down. Because it sucks through and through. I, I can't fucking pour the thing. Right? You can't drink it unless you eat the fucking head. Or you have a spoon handy. You could scoop it out and throw it to the fucking side. Um, it doesn't taste like a Pilsner. It tastes like a Belgian gone wrong. Berliner Weiss gone right. Because I hate those. And a Keller beer that, that shouldn't be. But it's not a Pilsner. If I brought this to anybody that I knew and said, hey, you have this Pilsner, I'd be embarrassed. I would actually be embarrassed. It's one of the worst beers I've ever had in my life. And thus, that's the score it's going to get. I'm really sorry that this has had to be the end of the show. But I'm so utterly disgusted. And I happen to be very, very tired. I'm so sorry, guys. This weekend's been tough. The baby, she could crawl now, like fast. She's getting into things and screaming and stuff. It's 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 getting intense up there. Uh, my message to you all is to to hang in there. Keep doing what you're doing. Have your delicious craft beer and live life, man. Life is good. I love you all very much. I hope you enjoyed the show. A forty minuter, not too bad. I'm going to catch you all next week, okay? Hopefully we get a better beer. Maybe I'll do that porter next week. We'll see. Take care, everybody. Stay safe out there.